Hello, and welcome to the B2B Conversion Podcast, the podcast for B2B marketers who want to learn about conversion rate optimization and drive more revenue from their website. If you're done with accepting that 99% of your highest intent leads, your website visitors, don't convert, then this is the place to come. In each episode, we'll discuss the hottest topics surrounding conversion rate optimization and give tips to transform your website into a revenue generating machine or with a unique lens on the B2B customer journey. I'm Kirsty Dorr, CEO at Webio, and your host today. Today, I was joined by Samantha Abneri from RegPack, and we chatted about personalization to drive conversion in B2B, but with a lens around behavioral personalization and why this really supports accelerating the buyer journey. Hi, Sam. Lovely to see you. How are you? I'm great. So good to be here with you. Yeah, I'm really glad um, we've got the opportunity to chat because I've loved watching um, RegPack's journey with um, website personalization and also everything else that you've done with your um, MarTech stack, because there's been a quite a journey for you guys, hasn't there? It has been. And when I was kind of preparing to, to speak with you, I, it's been it's been a minute since we've been working together. A lot has changed, a lot has changed with your platform, too, that I think we've been taking advantage of. Uh, so it's been really fun. So for the benefits of our listeners, obviously, I know a lot about RegPack, but it'd be really good for them to hear um, about the business um, and you know where you are, where you're going, and and who you deliver great software products for. Yeah, so RegPack is an online onboarding and payment software uh, solution for any service-based business. So traditionally, we work with a lot of educational institutions, uh, summer camps, year-round camps, adult courses. Uh, we work with a lot of community colleges and four-year colleges for you know non-credit courses that they run. On the other side, we work with a lot of events to put on conferences, retreats, educational tours. Uh, we got our start... Uh, abroad, actually, our CEO is from Israel and really found a need marrying his PhD research about databases with the need of so many Israeli organizations that were bringing um, young adults over for short and long term programs. And they didn't have a solution to collect data, present all the, the options for trips, get paid, etc. And so it was kind of born there. And we've really expanded across so many different industries in the last decade that we've been in business. Right now, we're starting to work with B2B uh, and SaaS companies um, with our recurring billing and subscription products. So we've really evolved over the last decade. And it's been really fun to, to see that. And, and I think one of the things that makes us really unique is the fact that we don't work with just one type of business or one type of um, service-based organization. We can handle the needs of so many different companies, which is what makes us unique. And from a marketing perspective, makes it really exciting, but also very challenging at the same time. Yeah, yeah I get that. And I think what's great is that you have brought efficiencies and, you know, visibility to organizations that would typically struggle with it. Like I think about education and nonprofits and they're very manual organizations, but they're also very resource stretched as well. So um, anything that's going to help them be more efficient is powerful. Um, and obviously RegPacks are, are doing that for them, which is great. 
Yeah. And I love that you see that as like what the problem we're solving is because so we've just started in the last, I would say, six months, this sort of social media campaign that we're terming be less busy. And the entire idea is like we at RegPack have this value as a company of taking time. Make You know, you take your PTO, you're given it and you need to take it because it's so important for your mental health to just be a happy kind of balanced person. But connecting that with the product that we're offering, that's what we're giving people. It was actually born out of a client that we had where I said, what's the best thing about RegPack? And he goes, I get to eat lunch. And I said, what do you mean you get to eat lunch? And he said, because the things that used to take me hours take me so much less time. I can actually take the time for myself and I'm just so much more efficient. And it was like that light bulb of like, it's so important for you to be a happy person so that you're coming to your job happy, but you need the tools in order to, to facilitate that. So. Yeah, completely, completely. And we're going to talk today about conversion rate optimization because in obviously your B2B buyer journey, the website is an incredibly important part about around that. You're obviously doing all your demand gen, your outreach comms to all these different verticals, but the website is probably the one place that those buyers are coming, beginning, middle, yeah. and even from their customers, there's a real opportunity there. And I'm going to specifically hone in on asking you lots of questions about behavioral personalization, because that's one area that you've been really, really successful with. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would be really um, interesting to our listeners. But before we do that, I'm going to start with a bigger question. Um, <laughs> How important do you think relevance is from a B2B marketing perspective? I mean, it, especially coming from a position in marketing of needing to attract and speak with so many different verticals, the idea that we are the right fit for that specific organization, that specific person is crucial. I mean, it's it's the biggest thing. I mean, we, we'll talk more, I'm sure, about personalization, right? But like, it starts with, is this the relevant, you know, organization? Is this a relevant tool? Is this what I need? Is this what I'm looking for? And you have to be ready in two to three seconds to, you know, give them that feeling or not. Uh, so I think it's, it's the, of course, it's the starting point. It's a hugely important. Yeah. And, you know, you wouldn't dream as a, a salesperson, you know, talking to an organization without really understanding, you know, how am I going to make sure that I can tell you that we work with all these other people that look like you, we've got, we understand your particular needs and challenges. Um, so yeah, your marketing I, activity needs to, to follow that. Totally. And, and our CEO says all the time, he's like, it sounds harsh, but it's not, but it's like, nobody cares about you. They care about them. And like, you can talk all you want. We're great. We're this, we're that. But if you're not what they're looking for, if you're not speaking their language, if you're not talking to them and about them, they're gone. And then we all, you know, we understand that too. On the other side, we're all buyers, we're all consumers. So we expect that experience just as much as we need to also give that experience when we're on the selling side to the service business. Yeah. And why do you think then it, it has, I suppose you've said, you know, it's really important that relevance is there. What's your take on why it has such a significant impact from a conversion perspective, you know, getting that buyer over the line or driving them down the funnel faster? 
I mean, I think the easy answer is that people just, if they recognize something and it's hitting their boxes, they feel confident making the decision. I think on a bigger scale in the time we're living in now, more so than ever, you know, we complain all the time about privacy and this, and I don't want people that cookies and don't track me. And, you know, just as from a B2C consumer perspective, but really we want it. We don't want irrelevant ads. It was funny. Like, I, I think I brought this up the last time we chatted. Um, but my, my kids watch Hulu and they're always like, why are these ads so weird? We don't care about these things because they're so used to already, you know, in their preteen years of like, just seeing like toys or seeing things that like would interest them based on what they're watching. This is what we want to see. Um, ultimately, right. Recently I was searching for a specific product and now everything is around, you know, the competitors are, are targeting to me. But in a weird way, I appreciate it because it's like, that's what I care about right now. I want to do the research. Of course, I'm going to go to Google. But hey, if something's popping up in front of me and it's relevant for me because of my intent, great. Yeah. I'll learn I'll learn new things. So, so I think we're all in the headspace of understanding that this is all happening. And so if we're seeing you know, what we're meant to see and it's on the business to make sure that that's happening from a marketing perspective, all those different channels and you know that doesn't include webio but like webio is like that final step over the finish line right it's like okay we have this intent data we can share things on facebook and instagram but ultimately we're bringing them all back to the website and then what's happening if if what i'm showing them on instagram from an image and, and messaging perspective isn't then matching what they're experiencing on my website i have lost them and they won't come back because what they say is oh i thought this was for me but it's not and want that to happen. Yeah. And then, you know, thinking about that, I think one of the things that, that marketers sometimes struggle with is, and it's so important, is, okay, right, I know I need to personalize. I know I need to be relevant to that particular segment. And I'm going to hone in on one particular um, campaign that, that you've done that's really successful, which is actually, you know, creating a personalized experience for the the nonprofits industry. What you've done there is really powerful because you haven't just gone, okay, we recognize your nonprofit. You've changed the whole messaging to create a, a, a really unique value proposition throughout the copy, throughout the proof points in there. And that makes all the difference. Yeah. Um, how do you how have you you know it's so important because you get that right it's going to resonate more powerfully than ever but how do you go around go about getting that value proposition nailed for each of those key segments also where do you decide to focus first like obviously you've got like you've mentioned education nonprofit, and um, you've got you know theaters museums all sorts where do you focus your energies? And then once you've decided, right, I'm going to work with that segment, how do you define that value proposition? So I think from a value prop perspective, that's just if you're a good marketer, you have a good relationship with your sales and operations teams and you have really pinpointed when we have customers that look like this, this is what we hear them say. This is what they struggle with. This is how they build out their system. This is how we make them happy. And that's like the starting point because that's your marketing messaging. It's not hard once you, they do the work for you. <laughs> They're like, you know, nonprofits always complain about X. Great. Now my marketing messaging is like having trouble with this. We can yeah. help. Right. So, um, but I think, you know, you need that 
that connection and um, and engagement with your internal teams. And that's like, that's the starting point. From a data perspective, that's the other starting point for me when it comes mm -hmm. to like I'm sitting down to build out Webio campaigns. Where do I start? It's data. Who's coming to my website right now? What are the biggest chunks? Like we're looking at industry. And then it's like the matching up, right? I noticed that there was a bunch of um, government coming to the site, like government organizations. But that's really hard to to pinpoint that, like as a specific, right? Because it could be, you know, cities that are looking to have summer programs and things like that, but could also be something totally different, not education related. So I look at that and I go, mm, I don't know if that actually matches up with our ICPs and who my sales team is actually talking about. So that's going to be lower of a priority for me. And then it's like on down the list, right? So then when I ha I think and I worked with my Webio um, account manager on that, where we looked at all of that data and we picked like, okay, here's the top 10, the top 10 where it has the most volume and also aligns with who your ICPs are, who you want to be targeting. And then, okay, what's the most important of there? And then, you know, just going on down the list and, and building that out. Uh, so it's a data approach and it's also a non-data kind of feel approach because as a marketer, you're not talking to your clients. So you need to get that insight of what they're saying. And so then when you're connecting that all to your value prop, it's like, the messaging is going to change for each of those buckets because you need to use the language that they're using and that's going to be different like for us when we're speaking with k through 12 type of organizations whether it's education or, or extracurricular programming it's students it's children it's images on our website of kids having fun but if we're yes. talking to a nonprofit. We're going to have adults and children. We're going to have events. We're going to have, you know, outdoor get togethers. We're going to have things that look like community. And we're not going to say students and children, but we're going to say donors and members and things like that. And all those little things are so small, but they're so important because when that person is coming and they recognize their pain points, they recognize those keywords, they are going to stay longer. And that's how you increase your conversion rate. The longer they stay, we all know this as marketers, the better chance you have to have them ultimately do what you want them to do. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think the bit that resonated for me most was like almost giving your customers back their pain points in their own language. Yeah. Because your salespeople can tell you the language that they use. And that's going to resonate. Not uh, as a marketer, I think I can get away with this. It's not our marketing speak, not our, you know, yeah. copy that we think is going to sell, but their language is going to mm -hmm. be really powerful. And then, you know, backing that up with the relevant imagery. So they go, ah, oh, that, that looks like me. That looks like what mm -hmm. we do. Um, you know, those are really important things I imagine to do on the first page that you drive them into, whether that be that you picked a homepage or a particular product page, depending on what's getting the most right. traffic. But it's almost like you need to catch them with that statement of like, oh my gosh, they get my pain. Yep, and you have you, to. Yeah, you can get them through the through the site like that. Fantastic, thank you. And I think, um, you know, top tip for all marketers, like there's nothing better than sitting in a room with your salespeople and hearing them talk about what, what customers say um, because they're at the, the coal face every single day and hearing those words again and again. Um, and it's easy as a marketer to kind of like get ourselves removed from that. But 
You can't. You have to have a good relationship. And I hear so many horror stories of like, oh, sales and marketing, they're always butting heads. And that's never been my experience. It's always been so collaborative of like, I'm bringing you stuff. And if it's not good stuff, let's talk about it so I can adjust or, you know, the conversations the other way of like, we're seeing a lot of this come in and it's really great. Like, you know, can we create a resource or a document or a page on the website or an educational thing that we can use to to bolster our stuff? And my response is, yes, of course. Like if it's going to help you sell, if it's also going to help bring in more things that are like that, like we need to communicate because I'm seeing one thing and you're seeing another. And if we can't see each other, we're not going to grow. We're not going to meet our numbers. Like my spend is going to be wasted. It's just going to be a nightmare. You know, you need that communication. If you don't have it, there's a break somewhere and, you know, you're never going to get over the next hump. Yeah, no, it makes complete sense. And I guess because we're going to talk about behavior a little bit now, I guess that they're also going to support you in some of the messages there. And, you know, I obviously was was talking particularly initially about your IP based personalization where you're focused on key industries. Um, but once they visited for the first time, when you've done that initial personalization, it's like, how do you follow through on that? So that the next time that they visit, it shows that you've listened to them and that you're responding to that in the experience that they get. And I wanted to drill down into two campaigns that you have built and are running that they're delivering really, really nice results. So the first one is a behavioral campaign where you have created an experience where customers who have viewed particular pages around payments and billings, the next time they come back to the site, the content is much more focused on those particular solutions. Can you talk to me a bit about what you did there and why? Sure. I I wanted to also start by saying that I remember when I was initially deciding whether to work with Webio, behavior was something that I really wanted. And you said to me, we don't have it just yet, but I promise you it's coming. And I, and, but like conceptually and logically from a marketer's perspective, it's so important. It's like, great, you land on a landing page and we can customize the experience, but what happens when you come back? And true to your word, within a few months, like it was like, we're launching behavioral. I'm like, okay, great. Oh, yes. <laughs> Because it is so important, exactly what you just said. You want to continue to tell them that they're in the right place, that your solution is the solution they're looking for, and that it's customized for them. So I think with the campaign that you're speaking about, about billing, so that's a twofold for us, right? It's one, it's like a kind of a new niche that we were going into. So Webio was really helpful to make sure that that kind of new style of traffic was really curated and having a good experience when they came to our site to understand we're a solution. Because a lot of it it's new for us. We know the pain points as a B2B SaaS company when it comes to billing our clients. And so we can draw on that experience, but we still don't know what messaging works or doesn't work. So when I am approaching, you know, especially building a behavioral campaign is very similar to a regular, not that the campaigns are different, but you know, our, our initial campaigns where I say imagery and messaging and headlines are what are the most important things for me to do. Yeah. Less so even like the industry tags or, or anything if it's a matched audience where I can draw on IP data. To me, that's less important than just the visual because only those tags are important if they continue reading. But like I said, and we all know as marketers, you have a few seconds to catch capture them. Yeah. And after that, they'll bounce. 
if they don't see something. So I think it was making sure that our images followed, you know, we did competitor research too. What are other people, what are their visual cues? What are the icons that they're using that seem to be working well for them to kind of inform that graphic strategy? So the first part was just taking our existing homepage and product pages that we knew they were going to go to and making sure the images were relevant for a company. So a little bit more professional, less stock images, more graphs and, you know, uh, finances, bar graphs. Let's see revenue reporting. Let's see quarterly reporting, like that kind of idea. And then taking our existing copy and reworking it in their terms, right? What do B2B companies care about when it comes to their recurring billing from their customers? It's like they care about churn, they care about financial visibility, they care about forecasting. Those are not things and words that summer camps use. Yeah. So it's really, really important that if we're bringing those billing clients back that they're continuing to see because our platform can do that. You know, a summer camp also cares about their financial forecasting. They want to know what they're going to make over the next few months, but they don't say it like that. They just want to see their cash flow. They want to see their expected revenue, right? It's a little bit more basic. So yeah. that's, that's that big thing. And then making sure those that messaging is happening like in our H1s, in our H2s. So it's bold, it's big. So just scanning the page, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm on a page that looks like the competitors I'm looking at are. So I think... You know, that same tactic works for that initial if they're coming through PPC or they're coming through organically, but then you want to continue that feeling. Um, and then coupled with that, because we know it's behavioral, so they're returning, making sure we're putting into practice all of those returning visitor uh, type of language, right? Now I want to see client spotlights. Now I want to talk about, you know, seeing how we can help you. So it's not just schedule a free demo. It's like schedule a consultation with our team. So yeah. Um, kind of marrying all of those elements into the behavioral. Yeah, so I, I just picked on a couple of really interesting points that you made there. One was, because a lot of us do targeted paid search campaigns, and we'll make sure that the initial page that that buyer goes through to is as relevant as possible. So let's say you do payments and billings, they go through to that, to that particular page. But what happens next time? Like right. you that first relevant experience and then you forget about it so i think that's a really good and powerful use case and then what i also loved which i hadn't you know this is why it was so it's so good to talk to you what i hadn't connected was the competitive nature of where you were going with the the payments and billings product you know basically showing those organizations we are experts in this you know, we can do all those other things, but for you here, look, all, all the expertise that we've got, we work with other people that look like you, we understand your particular challenges. I think that really, um, you know, it just makes the personalization so much stronger, uh, messaging wise, yeah. taking into account, you know, what would, what would that particular buyer expect to see? How would we reassure them? What messages are they going to be looking at when they look at our competition and creating a personalization around that? So yeah, I love it. Yeah, and, and it's great. also a hack, by the way. There's nothing wrong with looking at your competition and being like, I really like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do the oh. same thing. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe they, they've already done the A-B testing, so I'm going to steal that and see how it goes. Yeah, and also you know that in today's world there is no way that a buyer is just looking at one vendor so you've got to overcome those objections you know and and hear what what they're talking about and respond to that so totally get it 
Um, and then the other one I wanted to ask you about, um, which again, really, really nice results, was your behavioral personalization um, where a buyer has viewed pricing. So obviously that's a really high intent page. You know, I, I've gone through the site, I've looked at the pricing page, and now I've come back and you personalized and added some, uh, you know, a, a behavioral personalization to the pricing page. So you can, can you talk us through what you did there and why? Yeah, I mean, I think exactly like you said, what are other campaign ideas that we can really like give a curated experience and try to bring them home? And the obvious, of course, it's I think it's in retargeting when you're doing ads as well is like, have they gone to your pricing page? If they've done that, they're interested, they're looking, they're they're buying because if they care, they, they want to know. So I think that at that point you go, okay, and you know, trying to decide to the priority of that campaign, like, do we want them to see something that's going to be personalized for their industry? Or at that point, do we want to actually make sure that if they've been to the pricing page, they're for sure seeing this campaign, because this is the most important and playing with that is, you know, I don't know that our experience would be the same experience for someone else because I think it's probably so dependent on your the type of audience you have uh, and the way that they buy. But yeah, the thought process there is like, okay, they're ready. So like, let's make let so let me zone back. So <laughs> we have a page on our website, not our homepage, called Why Reg Pack. And it's just like it it is our ultimate it's industry you know non-specific it's just like these are the things we do for you this is how we're different this is what we offer that nobody else does that you're never going to find anywhere else and i basically took elements of that page and put it on the home page of that particular campaign. Because if they didn't make it to that page, but they did make yeah. it to pricing, I wanna make sure that they're seeing that. So now they're going to the homepage and it's like no more of like, we can do this and this and seamless checkout experience. And you know, your website is your storefront and all that. It's like, boom, you need to talk to us because this is what we're doing for you. And so, and then, you know, and then the CTA is like schedule your call, your call today, not a demo or a consult. It's like, we want to talk to you and you, we know you want to talk to us. So I think that's like, it's, it's basically just like, you know, being super confident and being like, here we are, like you've done all the research. Now it's time to make the yeah. decisions. That's the kind of thought process I had one and just targeting that audience specifically. And then, okay, you know, what am I going to say to them? What am I going to show them? And the thing that I love about Webio was that I could just say, okay, I don't need to rebuild this whole homepage. I'm just going to like literally copy this, this page essentially and paste it onto to the homepage, which is where I know they're going to go yeah. um, and make sure they're having the experience I want them to have. Yeah, yeah. I, so it's, you know, that they've reached that high intent. And then it's like, right, well, now it's not just about, um, you know, reasons to engage, it's reasons to believe and reasons to buy. So taking them through to it, like, you know, this is, this is why it's us, not this is why you need this solution, because you know, they're already interested in the solution. Yeah. Why you have to choose us. Yeah, that, that really makes sense. Well, and if they're coming back, you've got them already. You're relevant. They've experienced the personalization and it worked. So if they're back, they're back for a reason. So, yeah. yeah. So your behavioral journey is going to continue. I, mean, I, I love all of the, the work that you've um, created so far and the ideas that you have. And it was just really, really great to drill into some of those. I'm sure our listeners will find it fascinating how you made those decisions and I said all of those delivering really, really good positive results for you in terms of conversion. 
Yeah, I mean, the results that we've seen are very, very, very in line with the logic behind it, right? If you give more personalized experiences, your conversion rate will be higher. And it's not like rocket science. It's just reality. And we know that. And so whatever as marketers we can do to encourage and create those experiences, you need to take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. Your enthusiasm is infectious. You're making me want to go and do more stuff with with our behavioral side of things. But yeah, thank you so much for talking to me today, Sam. Of course. Um, I hope we can talk again soon. I think there's lots more that we could chat about. Um, But for now, I will have to leave it there. So um, take care and speak very soon. You too. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you feel as passionate about B2B conversion rate optimization as we do, please keep listening. And if you have anything you want to share, feel free to get in touch. You can find me on LinkedIn. Just search Kirsty Dorr.